What's up, everyone? Welcome to another episode of the Athlete Journal podcast. I know it's been a while, but I'm really excited to kick it off again with my good friend and former teammate, Gina Serino. Gina was cross country and track star at the University of Michigan, and she is now a professional triathlete. So Gina, welcome on. I'm just so excited to see you. You're on the track right now taking this call, which we were just talking about before. This is so fitting. Um, And I'm just so excited to have you on. How are you? Yeah. Hey, Maddie. Thank you for having me. Um, Yeah, I was just, uh, I kind of lost track of time this morning. I was running um, and now I'm here. So yeah, I'm excited to talk with you. Yeah. So before we get started, um, as you guys know, I'd like to give a quick shout out to my favorite small business here in Portland, Unbeknownst Co. Unbeknownst Co. is owned by this woman named Emma. She is so cool, has a full-time job, but then also has this small business on the side where she creates handmade um, prints and jewelry. They are uh, really great gifts for people, or if you're looking to treat yourself, all Athlete Journal podcast listeners get 15% off using the promo code AJP15. So head to our website, www.unbeknownstco.com. Okay, Gina, back to you. Um, I kind of always like to start from the way beginning in terms of how you got into sport. I know growing up that uh, you played a little bit of soccer. You were a dancer too, right? And then skiing both on the lake and snow skiing, right? Yeah. Um, I think my parents' mentality was just like, you know, let your kids try everything and like whatever they like will shake out. Um, and so that was their philosophy. I remember when we were like five or six, we would go to ballet practice at like, or I shouldn't call it practice, ballet class at like eight in the morning and then my mom would pack like our shin guards and we would drive to like our soccer games at like 10 and then in the afternoon we would play tennis or like go to swim practice so yeah my childhood was just filled with like a ton of sports um and so yeah that's always just like where I've been the most comfortable and just yeah enjoyed um yeah enjoyed like physical activity and hanging out with friends and stuff it's like a really good outlet for me yeah, absolutely. So I guess you've been kind of used to the double workout life for a while. <laughs> You're going from one sport to another as a kid. And I know you have a twin brother. Did you guys do the same things together? Do you think having a twin made you a more competitive athlete? Yeah, um, my twin brother's name is Jeff. I always joke around and say like he was so talented and had so much potential, but didn't. it never came to fruition for him. Um, but yeah, I think like just always having someone to kind of like do things with and then compete against someone who is always better than me at literally everything as a kid. Um, yeah, it, it made me really competitive, I think. And it also just made it fun, right? Like if you're doing things by yourself, it's not, it's not as much fun. But if you have like your best friend or your brother or your sister, whatever, it makes it so much more fun. Yeah, I agree. My brother and I were like that too. We started both running, but we weren't that really like competitive earlier because we did different things. And then when we started running, it was more like less of a competition thing for us, but more of like, let's help each other get better now that we have something in common. So (laughs) I think it helps having like a sibling for sure. Um, At what point in your life did you get more into running and start focusing on that? Um, I'm sure playing multiple sports growing up, as you mentioned, made you a better runner. But was there a time in high school where you decided to just focus on running or did that really not happen until college? Yeah, I think 
so my first two years of high school, I actually played soccer. I ran cross country all four years, but I, I like really loved soccer too. Um, so I played soccer my first two years in high school. And then I remember this, like my junior year for whatever reason, <laughs> high school, Gina was like, you have to quit soccer. <laughs> like so dramatic. And it was like, at that point, that was like the hardest decision in my life. Cause it was like this sport that I love. But at the same time, I was like, well, if I, if I want to be a good runner, if I want to run in college, I should do track and see where it goes. So I think I always felt like I had more potential, but it was hard for me to give up. Um, yeah. Other things that I also really liked. Yeah. I think everyone kind of gets to that point too. And I mean, it's a good thing that you decide to focus on running because obviously it panned out really well for you. Um, how, what made you choose Michigan? So you grew up in Wisconsin, um, obviously very familiar with the big 10, but did you always want to go to a big 10 school or what kind of played into your decision? And I know, at the time you were um, a walk-on, right? You didn't even have a scholarship. Yeah. Um, yeah, I wasn't like a standout runner in high school. Um, and so, yeah, it wasn't like, you know, I wanted to run in college, but it wasn't like, okay, this is like, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know how I looked at it as a high schooler really. It was really just like about where I could get an opportunity. Cause I knew it was something I wanted to pursue. I didn't know like what the future would look like. So yeah, I was just looking at Big Ten schools. Um, obviously, I was looking at Wisconsin because that's where I grew up in Madison. And then I found Michigan and I was like, wow, this is really similar. Um, great academics, great cross country, great track and field team. Um, and so, yeah, it came down to those two schools for me. And at the end of the day, I was just like, well, I spent 18 years in Madison, like, I should probably go see some other part of the country. And I don't really know how different <laughs> my experience was going from um, one Midwest state to another, but yeah, I I'm so happy that I went to Michigan. I think it was a really good decision. And yeah. Well, I'm very happy that you went to Michigan. So um, I've always just like looked up to you so much. And when I came on the team, it was right after your breakout season. So you kind of, I mean, you probably didn't shock yourself or Mike, because I know that you guys, you know, knew what you were capable of, but you had just won the 5k and 10k big 10 outdoor titles. And I think as an underdog, I'm pretty sure this was my senior year of high school, like right before I came as a freshman. And I just remember getting on campus and finally meeting you and being like, oh my God, Gina's so cool. Slash you studied engineering, like you're my hero. So I'm curious, I, I never really talked to you about what it was like when you finally kind of broke into, um, you know, what, like the best runner in our conference and, and started competing at a national level. Um, you know, did you suddenly was like a flip of a switch or I'm assuming that you kind of always knew you had it in you but like how did you finally get to that level I don't think it was really like you know like this one thing that happened like I think it was just a result of like consistent progress and consistently doing the same things not getting injured being healthy and just like like laying laying down a good foundation um I think like I don't know so much that I like always knew I had it in me or <laughs> anything like that. Like, it was just like, Oh, like, let's keep working hard. Like I do this. Cause like, I like pushing myself. I like competing with myself. I like competing with my teammates. You know, we were so lucky. We always had on our team, someone who was 
better than you. Um, and so like, there was just always someone to push me in pretty much like every area. Like if I wanted to get faster, I'd run behind Jamie Phelan or Shannon Oseka or something on the track. If I wanted to be stronger, like I'd run, try and do my long runs with Aaron Finn. So it was just like consistently pushing myself. And that was like the fun part for me trying to get better little by little. Yeah. In your class in particular, like my grade always talked about it, how you were really unique in that you had so many different skill sets and you guys worked together so well and, and really understood like, yeah, using my teammates to help me get better in areas I'm weaker is, um, you know, not only going to help me, but it's going to help the team. And you guys were always um, on top of that, really close and good friends and great leaders. So um, I feel like that was a really good example of the benefits of being part of a team. Um, so as I mentioned before, you did come on as just a walk on, but then by the end of the year career, uh, all American cross country a few times, um, first team all American in indoor track and outdoor track, the DMR for indoor, um, as well as the 3k and then, um, outdoor 5k, um, and 10k five time big 10 champion. So, um, I feel like, am I missing anything? I think I'm trying to read off all your, all of your accolades, but, um, on top of that, you are a team captain and again, just an awesome leader and a great competitor and, um, also balanced studying mechanical engineering. So looking back into college, I know that you're very busy now and I'm excited to transition and talking about your life now as a triathlete, um, on top of having a full-time job, but do you think you're busier now or in college, or do you think everything that you're doing in college helped kind of prepare you for your lifestyle? now yeah looking back at my college years I'm like wow that was the hardest thing ever but also now looking at my life I'm like wow this is the hardest thing ever (laughs) (laughs) no I don't know like maybe it's just the yeah the things I sign up for or like yeah I don't know what my issues are (laughs) (laughs) um yeah I think college was hard because it was like you know, you're having to like go to class all day, you know, run once in the morning, then do your hard work workout in the afternoon and then like make dinner, make all your meals for yourself. Um, and then like you spend like all night studying and like, at least for me, like it, it was just nonstop in college. And I think right now, the one nice thing about like having a full-time job versus like being in school is there's like more or less like a Hey, I'm back. Um, sorry, you lost me for a minute. Uh, my phone overheated. So yeah, now I have a new background, but here I am. <laughs> <laughs> it's cute. Just got a nice umbrella. <laughs> Looks like. <Yeah>. <laughs> um, so I think we were just talking about like um, the differences between yeah, life as a runner and life as a triathlete. And I think I was just saying like the one, the one big thing is like, with a full-time job, you're not, you're not like, it's not this like unending cycle of work that um, like could go till midnight or whatever, you know, eventually everyone goes home and gets to do things that they like outside of work. Whereas in school, it's like, oh, I need to figure out this problem set. And like, I'm just going to spend as much time as I can on it. And hopefully I'll finish before the 8am deadline the next day or something. So you stay up all night or you stay up till midnight. So Mm -hmm. I think like, 
your work is a little bit less bounded in college, whereas um, with a job, there's there's more boundaries, I have found, at least where I work. Yeah, absolutely. And I think the same thing, honestly. I feel like I will never be as busy as I was in college, but I say that now and you never know. Um, yeah. <laughs> so next, I want to talk about your transition to the world of triathlon. Um, I know you kind of got into it through what is called the college recruitment program, I believe, for, through USA Triathlon. Um, but your mom's also a triathlete too. So I'm curious, did you, like, at what point was your interest kind of peaked in, um, you know, trying to transition from just being a runner to a triathlete? Did, you know, your mom doing it growing up? Like, did you always kind of think you might do it after college? Or was it more when they reached out to you that you kind of thought, oh, maybe I'll give this a shot? Yeah, I, I mean, it was definitely because they reached out to me. I don't think I would have pursued it on my own. Maybe I would have, like, gotten into it later in life, but I don't think I would have pursued it as, like, an avenue to, like, be a professional athlete, so to speak. Um, so, yeah, I, I owe everything to um, the collegiate recruitment program for getting me started. And they, they've had, like, a lot of really good mentors and um, – people just to like help you get your foot in the door and kind of explain um yeah what is triathlon like what is racing at this level look like what do you what do you need to do um to be really really good so yeah I'm super grateful uh for that opportunity yeah I think there's I want to give people a background on the sport and yeah obviously I think pe most people know that you know it's a s swim bike run but I don't think people understand like how technical it can be and things like transitions and learning how to like bike with a bunch of people around you. And, you know, you didn't really grow up a swimmer, but learning how to like catch up like, when you're competing against people that have more of a swimming background. So um, what has that transition been like? Because honestly, I feel like you just have improved so much since you started. Um, I was looking you up on USA tri triathlon and correct me if I'm wrong, but right now you're ranked like 64th in the whole world, <laughs> which is pretty damn cool. Um, so how did you get to that point? And, you know, what sort of coaching and mentoring did you have to be able to kind of get the skills that you need to compete at a world level? Yeah. Um, so I guess like, it all started in the collegiate recruitment program. That's where I met my current coach. Her name is Barb Lindquist. Um, and she was a uh, member of the U.S. Olympic team. And yeah, just an all around amazing athlete. She was a really good swimmer. She swam at Stanford mm -hmm. and then transitioned to triathlon um, after getting fourth at the Olympic trials in swimming. So that just gives you an idea of how good of a swimmer she was. Um and so she's been able to really help me in that regard, um, improving my swim, learning how to train on the bike, and then just like keeping my fitness um, running where it needs to be to be competitive in triathlon. I think there's all these little things um, people don't understand about like draft legal racing, which is the kind of racing that is done at the Olympics, and then like standard um, non-drafting racing, which is like all of the Ironman events or other um, short course races where drafting isn't allowed. Mm -hmm. So the biggest thing is like, if you're allowed to draft on the bike, you have to be a good enough swimmer to make the bike pack, which then transitions all together and they all start the run together. But if you're not a good enough swimmer to make that bike pack, 
then your whole race is over because you're just biking by yourself. And that's mm -hmm. the biggest thing about uh, draft legal racing is you get the benefit of the draft on the bike. So you're not mm -hmm. working as hard because you're riding with 20 other people. Right. Um, so they're just different, different styles of racing. Um, I think draft legal is more um, like just generally it's more intense. Um, it's they're shorter distances there. It's a sprinter and Olympic distance versus um, like most non-drafting races are, I think longer, like 70.3 or a full Ironman distance. So it's just different. It's almost like comparing like a 5k or a 10k on the track to like a marathon on the roads. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, um, that's been my triathlon journey and observations. I think like a lot of it has been just, yeah, learning how to swim, learning the technique swimming. I think there's like, if you want to be a, I always say this, like if you want to get better at running or if you want to get better at biking, you kind of just have to do it more, go mm -hmm. longer, push yourself harder. And in swimming, it's a little different because if, if you just do all of those things, you're still going to, you're probably not going to get very much faster um, if you don't take the time to like correct your form and just like correct your technique in the water. Because so much of it is just um, your touch and your feel in the water and getting your body position correct so that, you know, you're eliminating drag and you're really able to be efficient. Right. What was the transition like from training in a pool to open water? Because your races are all in what, lakes and oceans? Yeah, all the races are in lakes or a lake or a river or an ocean. Honestly, I don't do a ton of training open water. Um, I don't know what a good comparison would be, but it's like, it'd be like if you're, if you're trying to get fast for a road race, like, do you do all of your training on the road or do you do, do you still do hard reps on the track mm -hmm. you know like you get faster by swimming in the pool that's really like that's really where your speed and your power can come in and where you can kind of fine-tune those things and then when you go to open water it's like you'll be you'll be fine you'll be a good swimmer part of it is like you know learning how to sight learning how to swim straight like mm -hmm. those sorts of things and just being comfortable and aware with the people around you but I wouldn't like if you really want to get faster at swimming, the pool is the place to do it. Um, and then, yeah, that's been, that's been my understanding as like a average swimmer, you know, someone who's like still very much learning. Everything in perspective though, because yeah. in terms of like the people that I know that are like, like to swim on the side, I'm sure they're very <laughs> advanced. So um, talk about like, when was your first actual like official race and was that when you kind of decided okay I love this I want to stick with it because you obviously love it enough you train what 20 hours a week on top of a full-time job um working at NASA's jet propulsion lab so obviously there's there's a lot of time that goes into it um did you kind of know right away that it was something that okay I want to give this a shot or was there like a certain time where like I'm absolutely in, in love with this. Yeah, it wasn't like, it wasn't like this singular moment or singular point in time where this switch flipped and I was like, yeah, I'm all in. Like, it was just like about wanting something to do, like an environment to be competitive in. And this was just like the next door that opened. And um, so, yeah, I got caught up in it. You know, I mean, like the friends, the people you meet, um, I think that's like one really big aspect of it that I like. There's just so many cool people and 
like such a good community. So that's been really positive. Um, and yeah, then obviously you have to like the training too. Um, and yeah, I think the other big thing for, that drew me into it is like learning this new sport. Like, yeah, I have a background in running, but it's like, okay, then there's also these other two areas that like I have no idea how to be good at and it's like an opportunity to get better at something that I literally sucked at like yeah <laughs> learning how to swim for example so yeah yeah that's really cool um can you give us like a sample training week in terms of like the number of training sessions that you have and how you kind of organize your schedule uh to still be able to work full-time yeah so I think yeah, my schedule has definitely allowed me to like be competitive and get all my training in. If I didn't have a schedule, then like it would just be all over the place. And I think I would be, yeah, not doing well, not performing well in my job, not performing well, like as an athlete. So having a schedule is like the biggest thing. Mm -hmm. um, what my schedule actually looks like is kind of doing like a morning workout and then working from eight to five thirty or nine to six or just whatever. Um, and then working out once in the afternoon slash evening. Um, and that's my weekday schedule. So like a morning workout, actual work, and then uh, evening workout. Um, and then on the weekends, it's usually a little longer, more focused on training, um, obviously, because I have two full days. Um, and so, yeah, on the weekends, I'll do like a long ride on Saturday, followed by like a short run off the bike and then a short swim in the afternoon. And then Sunday is like my long run day. So I'll do a long run in the morning and then I'll swim and then I'll ride in the afternoon. So my weekends are pretty, um, yeah, those are my longer days of training. And then during the week, it's more like, yeah, a, a 5k swim in the morning and then a track or a bike session in the afternoon. Okay. And then your coach kind of lays out a schedule for the week, or do you have any flexibility as far as like, okay, this day I'm going to swim versus, um, you know, run or bike. Yeah, um, there's this app that pretty much every triathlete I know uses. It's called Training Peaks, um, and my coach will just input um, the schedule kind of on Saturday or Sunday leading into the next week, and it's like, okay, this is the schedule. This is what you're going to do, and it's usually based on, like, a pattern that we follow, so it's not like there are any surprises in what I'm doing or when, but what she does is she fine-tunes, like, the specifics, like, oh, this week, you know, you have this big race coming up. So we're going to do less intensity, less volume, just like making sure you feel fresh versus, Oh, like now we're in a training block period. Like these are going to be really hard workouts. Um, so that's, yeah, that's sort of her responsibility. And it's awesome knowing I have a coach that I can trust to lay everything out and make that schedule for me. So I don't have to worry about it. It's like one less piece of the puzzle where I'm like, okay, I I'm confident in what she thinks and what her plan is. Yeah, absolutely. I feel like that takes like a lot of the burden off. Actually, it's nice, like having that laid out for you. Um, mm -hmm. Can you talk about the process for getting your pro card? Um, yeah, I think, to be honest, I, I don't really, <laughs> I don't really know. Um, I think what you have to do, it, it's been a while, I think, like, I think I got it like four years ago now, but I think you have to do a certain, you have to do a certain race um, that's like a, a draft legal race. And then you have to finish in like the top five or 10% of the field or something like that. Or maybe you have to win it or get top three. I don't know exactly what the criteria is, but there's like a specific number of races that 
would even make you eligible to get it. They have to be draft legal, which there aren't like a ton of opportunities, but there's maybe three or four in the U.S. per year. So you have to target one of those races and mm-hmm. then you have to, you know, perform at the race, um, be in the top. Yeah, I think on the podium or something like that. And then um, if you hit that criteria, you USA triathlon, I think is like, okay, now you're, now you have your elite license and then you can enter into like the world triathlon events that I race. Okay. Next, I'm so excited to talk about your experience competing in the world triathlon circuit. Um, you've traveled the world. Can you talk about some of your favorite races or the places that you've been able to compete at? Oh gosh. Yeah. So I think the coolest place I've gone to is Arazacana. It's in Italy. Um, it's like this little Island, not little, I should say, but you know, compared to the rest of Italy, it's this Island off the coast and it's just beautiful. Like the water's crystal clear, like all the people are friendly. Um, you get pizza and gelato everywhere. It's just like this beautiful place. I unfortunately, um, had a really bad bike accident in the race. So my experience there wasn't like as positive as my memories of the place. But um, yeah, sometimes that's just how it goes. Like maybe on the track or in cross country, you've had your best race at Terre Haute, but you wouldn't be like, oh, everyone should go to Terre Haute, Indiana. Um, So kind of similar. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. What happened in your bike race? Like, are you okay? Did you have to take time off after? Yeah, I actually broke my cubic ramus bone which is like a bone um like kind of it's like your pubic bone so like kind of beneath your hip I guess um and yeah I didn't know it at the time like I was like oh you know I it was a really scary crash um but I was like okay I'm lucky I didn't you know go over the edge of a cliff it was this windy like windy technical descent and um actually crashed into a guardrail (laughs) so yeah it it, I got really lucky um but at the time I didn't realize that my I had actually broken my bone right um so yeah it just it took a very long time for it to actually feel better and at that point I had seen so many people who were like okay yeah nothing's broken nothing's broken you have this range of motion you're fine and then I just got fed up with all of like these people who were saying that everything was fine when it wasn't healing and um, I got some imaging done and yeah, it showed like a full fracture. So I, I took a big chunk of time off. Um, mm-hmm. and yeah, I'm very thankful to be like healthy and injury free right now. Right. Um, knock on wood. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. For real. Um, well, I'm glad that you're healthy too. That's definitely really scary. Also just, <sighs> Side note, it's so frustrating when like you are an athlete and you're saying like, yeah, something is wrong. And people are like, well, no, you're, you're fine because of this, this and this. It's like, well, if I can't do what I want to do without pain, then clearly something is wrong. So I'm glad that you finally got an answer. Well, also just like, I think, yeah, I think it depends on who you see. Like if you see a, a sports med person or someone who is like familiar with, you know, like working with athletes and cycling injuries, then they'll give you the right opinion. But the first couple of people that I went to see didn't have that same background. So they, they're used to dealing with someone who like struggles to touch their toes regularly. So for me to like be able to do normal things is like, they thought it, everything was fine. So it's just, I think about perspective. Yeah, that definitely makes sense. Um, 
what is the triathlon community like? Like, have you met a lot of people when you go to these races? And obviously, like through triathlon, you met your current boyfriend, Chase. So kind of talk about like what that side of the sport has been like. Yeah, I I mean, I don't know what to say. I think like every everyone you meet is a little different. Um, you know, they have different backgrounds and different strengths. So it's like sort of a mixed bag. You have some people who, you know, have a solid running background and then you have other people who like come from a totally different background in swimming. And so just in terms of like your athletic ability, it's like this mixed bag of people. Um, and then, yeah, the other part of it is like, these events this world triathlon circuit it takes place like all over the world so you just yeah get to meet so many people from different parts of the world and people who you wouldn't otherwise meet so I think that's really that's been really cool yeah absolutely and then do you have any advice for someone that is looking to get into triathlon whether that be at like a competitive level or honestly just like for fun (laughs) yeah I think um I mean you have to like, you have to like the training because so much, it just requires so much time. Like I look at the life of a professional runner and I'm like, okay, you can run max like two hours a day. Like, and that's kind of a lot even. Right. <laughs> and for a triathlete, it's like, okay, you have to be training like sometimes five or six hours a day, um, like for the long days. And then for the short days, it's like, you know, one or two hours. So it's, it's just a huge time commitment. And I think like, that can be um, overwhelming at first. And so to someone who's just looking at getting into the sport, I would, my advice would be to like, take it in chunks and just like, you know, start really small, like, you know, commit to just doing like one thing at a time and getting good at that before you try and like, take on this like monster training plan, because then you'll just get burned out and you won't like it. I think the key is like, learning to like it and learning to like the training and just like anything new that you start like if if you want it to be something that you're doing long term you have to make it into a habit and like actually enjoy doing it yeah that makes a lot of sense good advice um (laughs) I just want to wrap up the episode with the two questions that I always ask um one so far what do you think the biggest lesson that you've learned is and then the second thing is what are you most proud of um, I don't know if I'm really that proud of anything. <laughs> oh, shut up. <laughs> no, I mean, yeah, I think, okay, so I'll start with like lessons learned. I think it's just like constantly like asking questions, I think has been really helpful. Constantly like thinking about things um, like and constantly like reflecting on what you're doing and how you can do a better job next time or going forward. I think that's been really helpful for me. Also like, yeah, finding a pattern and a schedule that works, like anything that helps you build a habit. Um, those, those have been like key things that, yeah, have, yeah. Allowed me to like be successful and stay in the sport and like be consistent. Um, so yeah, those are my lessons. What am I proud of? Um, Gina. I don't know. Like right now, I guess I'm looking at all of my triathlon races and it's just been like 
consistently getting a little better each time. So I think I'm proud of that. I, you know, there, I haven't had like one breakout race where I'm like, yeah, that was like, that was an amazing race and everything went perfectly. Like every time I race, I, I'm like, okay, wow, I did this, this, and this good. And then I did a really bad job at these three things. And so there's always like a takeaway. Mm -hmm. So it's hard to feel like, you know, this was, this was like one thing, one race that was amazing. Um, It's easier to look back at my track career and be like, oh, I'm really proud of that race or this race. But I don't know if I've had a ton of those moments in triathlon yet. So that's just the reality. Yeah, but I think you are hard on yourself, but also because you are like analytical and always looking to grow and get better, like that is what makes you such an elite athlete. So I know that breakout race in your mind will come soon. Um, but I think you do have a lot to be proud of given that you are so um like young in the sport. Um and on top of that, you're just an amazing person and friend. And I'm just so thankful to have met you and been teammates with you again and to call you my friend. So um, always loved cheering you on. And I'm so happy that you're just honestly thriving. So um, <laughs> we definitely have to wrap it up because I think the Zoom is going to time out. But um, I just want to say awesome. thank you so, so much, Tina. It's so good to see you and to talk to you and um, cannot wait to see what you keep doing. Yeah, same to you, Maddie. Thank you for having me. I appreciate the chance to talk. And yeah, it's good to catch up. So yeah, thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. Once again, this is the Athlete Journal Podcast. I'm Madeline Trevison, and we'll talk to you next week. Thanks, guys.